We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is Brunch Culture, the show where we talk about everything because, as always, everything is up for discussion. Yes, we've been gone for a minute. I'm excited. I'll be back. I miss the show. I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. I know I've been busy, so excuse me. It's it's completely my fault. No. Yeah, it's I think yeah, it's it's just been life. What is that that one listener that we had that wrote in and was just kind of like we understand, we all prof- young professionals, we all trying to get it done. Y'all just got to get it done. So we back to just get it done. That's what we doing. Yeah. We getting it done and I'm excited. I'm super nope. excited, yo. I don't think I realize how much like I will miss the show until we have like those those breaks and as stuff happens, I have like all of this stuff that I want to say about it. <laughs> and I'll be like, I want to go in. I want to go in. I want to go in. So much so that I actually kind of like got back on Twitter and I like had a bunch of stuff to say, but I was like, it's not the same. Like, I feel like I got to talk. Like I, we got to talk. Yeah. It's such people. a limited yeah, talking time. Right? And for us, I feel like we're both verbal communicators. Yeah. So it frustrates me when I have a lot to say and I'm limited to just writing it. Yeah. It's not. And it's not the, I don't think the feeling is always the same, especially trying to do it on somewhere like Twitter because it's like, you just got like, what, 240 characters? Yeah, so it's like, and then you got to make sure it's, it's like, coherent when you're, like, breaking it up. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. you don't want people to get the second part of the tweet and they got to realize that it's a thread. Thankfully, they put, like, thread on it now so it makes more sense where you don't have to do one of one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one of five, two of five, three of five. <laughs> it's like an Android message. You just, it all comes scattered. I hate those things. I got a long Android message from like my aunt a few weeks ago, and I actually thought that they had fixed it. Like, all of this, <laughs> they fixed it so, you know, it would all come at once. I kept having to like scroll back up to see like, okay, so does this match this? Also oh, the next word she was saying, she said like she, so she had makes more sense than she, the like, it's like this too much. I thought y'all fixed this man. Like, yeah, it's at the puzzle pieces. Every time I get a new number and it's a green bubble, it makes me cringe on the inside. Cause I'm like, why are you still buying these? And my parents understand. have, my parents have Androids, and that bothers me because... I don't understand. It, we should not have... So I text my brother. My brother is like, he stands by Android. And I text him. I was like, yo, every time you text me, your bubble is green, and it frustrates me because he already texts, like, short messages anyway. So I'll have, like, this long paragraphs with, like, punctuation and stuff, and my brother texts back, like, five words. And it's like... Like how you, but then they come through green. So I'm always like, I don't know if it's just that your phone is incapable of sending multiple things and you know that, or you just like, that's just what you're doing. Either way, come on. He was like, oh, well, my work phone is an iPhone. And I'm like, yeah, so just text me from your work phone, bro. Like, so we can. My messages are encrypted. Yeah, it's encrypted, right? So come on. Like, 
Yeah. And, but you know, friends that have Android tell me that if I send them a long message, it comes through broken up too. So because of them, the prop, the common denominator is <laughs> if we look at your phone, it's your phone that can't do it. It can't send it and it can't receive it. Meanwhile, yeah. people with iMessages are getting like everything in once. And it's actually really cool too if it's like a super long message. It'll post like some of it, like maybe like the first paragraph or something, and then it'll have like a like an arrow that you can click on, so it'll open it all up, and it kind of looks like it's in notes. It's actually pretty dope. It's come on, man. It's yeah, just, we got to get over to the trillion dollar team. Do you Speaking have of. you don't have red receipts? I can't live like this is kind of off, but I know people who have red receipts. I feel like they're the bravest people in the world because yeah. I I'm not gonna do that. I'm notorious for seeing a message and I'll have all intentions to get back to you and it won't happen. And I feel like red receipts would just send the wrong message. So and that happens way often than not, especially at work, because people like to text me as if like I don't have, you know, work to do. And so I'll see it. I might see it. And especially like on my watch, because I'll get them to my watch too. I might see it and read it and be like, okay, I'm going to respond like after this meeting or after I'm done. And then I can't get back to it. I don't want nobody to think, oh, you're not really responding to me. You reading my stuff. I don't know. But some people, you know, I actually have a number of friends. Most of my friends have their like read receipts on and they like it. I just can't, you know, I just feel like I'll have way more problems than I need to. I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we okay. Yeah, we okay. Yeah. We good over here. So mimosas and orange juice. It's so much to talk about. So Let's start much. off with something happy. Drake in my feelings challenge. I enjoyed that. Kiki, you did. I- I was kind of indifferent about No, it didn't annoy me. So I'm always mindful. I get annoyed when people, I personally get annoyed when there's like a challenge or something that's going on that's literally like people just trying to be happy and have a good time. I get annoyed when everybody seems to be bothered by that. Like, let people have fun, yo. It's okay. Like, we got enough stuff going on in the world that one little Drake challenge is not like hurting nobody. So I wasn't like, I was kind of really indifferent. Um, and I think Shiggy. so. Yeah, shout out to Shiggy. I think so though. Didn't know because... who he was until this. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna say nobody did because I think he got like uh, over a million followers. But I had no idea who this guy was until this. So cool, you know. It's, it's good. He, and it's it's like the thing. I just get annoyed because everybody don't know like how to dance and to do it, and it's like. There's these, I guess, parts where you're supposed to kind of like freestyle and do your own thing. But some people freestyles just look like what's happening. I just, yeah, I didn't really like that. Like, just let's just let that go. Let's let's make it cohesive. Like, what was the other thing that people were doing? Um, that that one that one little kid that had like the real popular song, then whipping nay nay, like. It was like everybody was doing essentially the same thing. So it was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But this is like people do the little hard part, but they don't do it on time. And it's just, you know, the little like (laughs) thing to the side. Their arms be like flapping like they're trying to swim. It's just it wasn't like cohesive enough for me to like really get into it. Uh, I don't know. I really want to do it. But, you know, I have a thing with rhythm. Um, it's not really there. No, we should have so. did it for brunch culture. You know what? So the next like challenge and not the Zoom challenge because I'm not doing it. But the next like a Zoom, dance, I don't know that one. So the Zoom challenge is like literally people sit on the floor 
and somebody the the song is playing and then it's a part when the song when he goes zoom and then you have somebody like grab your legs and like snatch you out of the camera and you like hit the floor and like hit start sliding oh yeah it's it's <sighs> the mistakes of it is funny like they had one where this <laughs> woman's like wig fell off this one where this guy, he was like a, a a chubby guy, so somebody went to pull him, but I guess they couldn't pull him, and so he like just like splatted on the ground. He was like, "Why would you pull me so hard?" Like it was, yeah. It's like the bloopers of it is is better than them actually doing the challenge. We could have did the level up challenge. You know, Sierra got one. Pass. <laughs> you know, she that came from. You remember John Gray said yeah, level up. Yeah, the whole and she turned up, it into yeah. a song. Yeah, that all I, the stuff she got. Yeah, I don't. You know, John Gray telling people to level up. He's telling Trump, you know, he's sitting at the table with him. <laughs> I didn't. So I still have yet to go. I saw the pictures, obviously, but I've yet to go to his Instagram to uh, hear the story or hear his reasoning or how he was helpful or why he did it. Apparently, according to uh, some people that I follow on social media, they've said that. If you if you consider his reasoning behind doing it, you you can't get mad at him for trying. I don't know because I, I haven't listened to his reason and they didn't say what it was. My only thing is like, so we've seen that all of these people before you. So this is not new. Right. All of these people before you have come and done it, have come and basically had sit downs. And at least publicly, we haven't seen the fruits of these sit downs so one must ask themselves am i really doing something that's helpful or is it do i think it's going to be helpful somebody else has another agenda and this is going to be a photo op for them to use during the re-election cycle or just in the, in terms of having justification of how they care about everybody and they support everybody by saying, look, they're sitting down with all these impactful inner city pastors. You told me they said inner city. I was really annoyed, obviously. <laughs> but like, come on, you just got to know that you can't this. This has not like bore any productive, positive fruit publicly yet what what makes you think it's going to happen with you like what what makes you think and yeah i mean he said god told him to do it and i feel like you know i can't speak for what god told you to do or what he told you not to do i i can't speak to that but at some point i think you know it can't i just i hope it's not a cop out like oh, well, if they don't disagree, I'll just say God told me to do it. So then they can't really, we can't really fight with what God tell you. Yeah, so. because I, I, I don't, I mean, again, I, I, maybe I should just shut up until I see a statement. Because I was going to say, even with that, like, I don't know, like, God probably told you to do it with, like, some sort of agenda um, and some actionable you saying items. God was, didn't give you, didn't give him all of, he didn't hear all the details. It just don't seem like it because I, you know, I don't, the man talks to God. Cool. God, right. Gave him, Hey, you should do this. Here are the, like the detail. Like, I feel like if God is detailed when you're like giving a sermon and he like, you know, inspires you to get the points out to convey the message then he should have like 
wouldn't he have done like the same thing in this situation? So like, or something similar. So you could have come out and not only said, Hey, God told me to do it, but God told me to do it for this reason. Here are like the points of the things that I wanted to address, the things I wanted to put on his radar. Here was actually his response that I documented his response. And here's what I'm going to hold him accountable to, because not only did we talk about it, but actually set up some like some 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 milestones and some tangibles that we can check in with each other. And so I'm going to check in with him in like six months and he's going to do the same thing for me. And so while you guys don't think that anything happened, God told me to do this and he told me to do this with this agenda and I did it. And here's what happened. I haven't heard that yet. I just heard that like, yeah, he did it. And there's a photo. And the thing that I see is like this photo is circulating. In the way that yeah. the last ones have, like what? You know, I just feel like God might be a little more thorough than that. Just and me, though. Daryl Scott. Listen, is that, that the, the that's the guy, guy with like the uh, the face, the strong face? He does have a strong face. It looks like a mask, right? It, it's, a, <laughs> it's a different. It's a different face. It's like anyway. Daryl Scott. For me, what got him for me, what got it for me was that he says his wife was on that uh, show, The Prophetess. You remember that show, The Preacher's Wives? It was oh, years ago. Yeah, that's the one where the lady like chest bumped somebody and like they fell out and yeah, all that stuff. That's yeah. that one. Okay. So his wife was one of the women on there. Okay. And she said that she was in the region of Ohio. She was the prophetess for that region. And um, it just was a lot that was happening in that thing. And, you know, listen, I'm not, I don't, I feel like God still speaks today. So I'm not saying he's not speaking through and giving no prophecy. But listen, I, I love Jesus, but spooky Jesus is something I'm not willing to really invest in. But spooky Jesus, according to some people, be everywhere. He be on the spook all the time. Like... (laughs) He be popping up and showing stuff. <laughs> stuff be levitating. He be like sprinkling stuff in this little bag of water that you can pay two ninety nine for and get it like twenty nine ninety nine and get it shipped to your house and it's gonna cure cancer. Like Spooky Jesus be into all this stuff, and I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> Listen, I run me the lotto gonna... number, Spooky Jesus, with all this water you got. I'm just playing, y'all. <laughs> Miracles, but this Spooky Jesus y'all be having, like, I don't even know about that one. Like. Yeah. I don't know. So when she was, she was giving me a lot of spooky Jesus on that show (laughs) and they won, you know, they married. So I don't know, but I've seen him. Then I saw him. This was funny. And I'm going to say this to shut up because I don't want to get off, but y'all know how I feel about Brian Karn. I've said it repeatedly and they had Brian Karn at their church. And because I was looking up, trying to look up Daryl Scott videos just to see what he's about. Like, what's his frame of mind? What does he like? What does he normally preach about? Like, uh-huh. what kind of pastor is he? And Brian Carr prophesied to his wife that, you know, God, the devil was trying to get canceled that show because he knew that a lot of people was going to be transformed through that, through his wife on that show. And I was thinking to myself, now, wait a minute. I don't think if God gave it, I was just I was confused. But again, listen, 
I don't know. It's just a lot of things that I can't piece together. It's a lot of stuff that's not connected. Yeah, I don't. And I'm not deep enough in the spirit to get it, but it seems like a you're scam. You're not deep enough in the spook. That's probably what it is. <laughs> it seems like a scam. And anytime Brian Kahn prophesies something, I'm entitled to believe the opposite. So, yeah. yeah I, remember that video that he did, and it was like, um, I think you had some somebody sent it to me on Instagram, and he was talking about the. Uh, hurricane that was gonna come to houston <laughs> oh my it's not like literally the hurricane gonna be a lot of hurricanes and he, in, yeah uh, and he said it was gonna be a lot of hurricanes and it was gonna be a lot of water and i was like wait isn't that what hurricanes bring <laughs> it's like hurricane season every year yo like it's like going to be a lot of hurricanes and the months he listed was hurricane season it was just too much i don't you know I don't know. And I only knew about this guy when, like, you and somebody else introduced me to it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I kept, like, looking at stuff. And I was like, yeah, this stuff is, like, I could have said this. And I don't know if it's, like, speci- ever, like, special or tailored. And maybe, you know, I don't know. I ain't been to his, his, his sermon. So maybe I'm just missing, you know, the real, the meat and potatoes. But the stuff that I see on, on, on uh, the internet tells me that this stuff is like kind of obvious like there's going to be hurricanes in a state that's affected by hurricane season every year and it's going to bring a lot of water hurricanes bring a lot of water <laughs> tomorrow's a new day things are not going to be the same for you <laughs> like it just be stuff like that and the calendar to... changes every new day it just does like a new okay. tomorrow is going to be a new day for you and I feel like see this is the thing when we a lot of those people that was around that table, this is another thing. We're kind of Brian Carn esque, a lot of prosperity preachers, and I'm like, you're talking about the prison, the pipeline, the uh, pre- predatory things that are happening to minorities. You are a predator. Your offering practices are predatory. Yeah. <laughs> so what <laughs> can we talk now about? That's a good point. The, the predatory blessings she be handing out. That's that a good point. A hundred dollars <laughs> and fifty people in here got it. That's yeah, predatory. That's a good point. I'll never <laughs> you get the yeah. praying on the marginalized just like they are. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe that's how they like why they was like, you know, I can stand to be there. Like you know, you we were having a conversation earlier about, you know, things not being like you not being as bad as my stuff. So like, you know, maybe it's like, well, I can't see it because mine ain't as bad as his. Like, his is, like, affecting the whole country. Mine just affecting, like, my 20,000 congregation. That's it. (laughs) Y'all got it. I don't know, but I just want them, as the young people say, keep that same energy. If you... (laughs) Right. (laughs) If we keep the same energy, if you're going to call him out for being a predator, I mean, the system out for being a predator, um, um, black men in this prison, um, uh, school to pipe prison pipeline please talk about your predatory offering practices because both of them are playing on the margin lives so just keep that same energy for us please be consistent let's let's just be consistent and make it happen so what's interesting is that it was like the best of time i guess for that to happen first off i I wonder if trump had made these like uh lebron james tweets prior to that meeting how many of them if any of them would have changed and backed out i don't know um, but as if timing couldn't get be- better, he his his tweets about LeBron James and Don Lemon both being dumb. 
Yeah. And you know why I think he did that? Because Don Lemon suggested that he run for president. He run for president, right. And it seems like every time he feels like he's going to be a somebody's going to be a potential competitor, he immediately goes after them. He did it with Oprah. Yeah, but it's like the popularity. It's like a popularity thing, too. I don't even think it's like the concern that they are going to potentially become president is more of like they'll beat him out because they're more popular. Like, Mm, I think mm -hmm. that's the thing because somebody like another political figure that's not as known, somebody saying like, oh, hey, you know, this person is going to run for office. He's he doesn't feel the need to go and to tweet about them. It's like other people that come from this like celebrity popular sphere if they seem to have a, enough following or there's a potential that they can come in and give him a run for his money. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Let me tell you how horrible they are because, you know, they're not going to be more popular than I am. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, anybody who gets, like you said, he's addicted to, he's a narcissistic to attention. And LeBron got a lot of attention this week. Yeah. Because of the school and, and just overall, just in general, like, I think that that is, uh, at at least for me, I feel like it's kind of that type of, like, good press. I feel like he, the president, understands that he gets attention and he likes the attention. But I think he really likes to try to make a case of, like, why you should like him and not only just hear about him and and follow, like, the news media that's the 24-hour news cycle that he's constantly talked about and on. But it's also like, well, I want to, like, make a case for why you should like me, too, because I'm a good person and I've done this and I do this and... I'm a likable guy. I think there's still he still suffers from a degree of that. And so it's kind of like, oh, well, like LeBron James. Wait, they're they're suggesting that he could be president. And oh, they're liking him for like helping all of these inner city kids. Oh, let me show them like he's actually stupid. Via yeah, Twitter. and that's why he they say he needs those rallies. He keeps doing those rallies because he needs it to feel good about himself. Yeah. Like he needs the energy. And that's a sad place to be at. How old is he? Seventy something years old. Yeah. And he needs that kind of stuff to just feel like important. It's really yeah, it's really it's really sad and insane, but I don't like to I can't really dwell on it. So I told you I'd stop for a while ago, like listening to the news and um, like watching the news and listen to it. I used to listen to it all the time. I stopped doing it. But I recently was like, okay, people always ask me about stuff or like you'll ask me about something and I'll be completely unaware because I'm just like every time I go on anything. At first, I was like, I just want to read it so I can, you know, dictate what I go every time I click on any news outlet it's all that's it's always about the trump administration somewhere some form like on the main page and it's just i'm like i'm tired of getting inundated with this stuff i want to what else is happening like i want to find something else that's going on so anyway i just recently start trying to like get back into it and stomach it and understand and like hey you know what let me just like listen to it and yeah it's still the same crap (laughs) like it's still, I just don't know. I feel like, like, he, to me, you got to be tired of these people talking about you. Like, you got to get to a point where you say, hey, 
let's make let's run this country in a way that even if I am doing a bunch of crazy stuff, like, let's just keep that crazy stuff. Let's keep me out of it because I don't talk about me. But it's like you do thing after thing after thing. And it's like the morning tweet update, like every morning. You know, the president tweeted this, and now this is the breaking news story, the president's tweets. Like, shut up. Yeah, it's it's really insane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I keep saying, this is our president. It's it's absolutely crazy. This is where our country is. And he, the the he, the president who brings Kim K in um, for a prison, meeting. yeah. Prison reform. We want to talk prison reform. She K. went off. Apparently, she this week she had some beef with Tyson Beckford um, because I think he called her. He had a picture where he said this body was created or something like that. Yeah, he said something to the tune of like her doctor messed up on like her right hip or something like that because she was walking. Um, it's like a picture of her walking. She has on like this form fitting like uh bodysuit not bodysuit but like pants and like a uh top or whatever and um she like her hips do look like wop- lopsided right it could have just been an angle thing whatever either way he commented saying that like he essentially you know it was like uh it was it was made it wasn't like natural he actually prefers like you know a natural woman or whatever and then her response to him was, sis, we all know why why you don't like my body. And then she put like the little like nail painting thing, essentially insinu- insinuating that he's gay. Um, and it's just, it kind of blew me because I thought that more people would be upset by the fact that she did it. Like the... This is and it's one of the things that I'm I'm like, yo, this really baffles me. And I, I really hate when we don't do it. We will get so like agitated and annoyed about like, oh, you know, this person is homophobic and this person is homophobic and this person is wrong. And I'm not even saying that like it's a problem. Like, yo, I think people should be I've, I've said this all the time on the show. Like, I believe that people should be respected and nobody should have to be like degraded in any kind of way. And honestly, it's if if the public or somebody corrects you or tells you that you shouldn't be that way, that's fine. But I feel like we got to be consistent people on the Internet. Try to be consistent. Kim K is your fave. But if your fave does something and offends the community that really supports her and probably more than any other community there is, you should be offended. This is a teachable moment. And I did see tweets where people were doing that. And I was like, I'm actually glad that people are challenging her. But you'll say that, oh, somebody's being homophobic and this is just so wrong. And, you know, people, we it's 2018 and you should be overacting like that. But then you don't hold your your fave accountable for it, insinuating that he is gay and doing it as a as an attack and doing it in a way as to like, hurt him or to shame him or to embarrass him when if she was truly an ally if she really was you know down for the cause or for everybody she would have been like oh well you old and washed up or we know you got surgery because you know that's how you're trying to stay young or something like that but not insinuate that this man who obviously is a public figure who operates in the space of being a heterosexual male your way of like undercutting him is insinuating that he's gay, but then 
nobody is like people aren't holding you accountable for too being homophobic like come on now and then i saw like one comment where somebody was like well she her friends and her makeup artist she employs so many gay people she can't be homophobic and i was just like this is when i have to log off the internet because i don't this is just as bad as like my girl monique saying roseanne Barr can't be uh, races or be wrong for the comment because she has so many black friends and has been friends with black people for forever, which we gonna save for later because I got a whole other opinion on that. But yeah, it's just like you just you just asking her to you just asking people to keep the same energy. That's how that's, that's it. Gonna that's gonna be it. Keep for mimosas and orange juice. Just on. keep that same energy. Keep the same energy, yo. Like mm-hmm. let's just <laughs> that energy we had. Let's keep it. Let's you know. <laughs> let's dis- let's let's apply it equally to everybody. Let's do that. Equally distributed energy. That's that's what we're asking. You know, your favorite place hit hit one trillion. This hey, one trillion, one trillion, one trillion. And they did it with the iPhone sales declining. I, but I think the iWatch sales are going up. Yeah, the Apple Watch. And I. So what's interesting? I remember see. I saw that. And I think that they are in because, you know, like the the whole like wearable space is not the most popular, if you will. I, I want to say that the place that's dominating the most is Fitbit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because Fitbit obviously focuses on fitness and they really have like a very affordable option, which is like 60 or 70 bucks. Um, And it can track steps and do all the stuff. You can sync it with the app and it's like all of this, these different things that you can do. But I think that Apple, I've, it's rumored that Apple is like coming up with uh, a refresh, des- a new design to the watch that's going to have an even larger screen and um, like some more capabilities. So it's interesting to me that even without all of that, that Apple Watch is on the rise when this new one comes out. I'm actually interested to see how much it really rivals like if it does become like the dominating wearable and even almost even rivals like or it's comparable to uh, iPhone sales because it's on an incline and it it has in many ways a lot of limitations still. So it's interesting to see. But shout out to Apple. Yes, I might be getting a 10. My phone is about to give up the ghost, but I'm waiting to the next one. Yeah, I was going to say don't out. get it yet. Don't get a 10 yet. Wait, you got two months. Let's just. Yeah, it'll, it should be announced next month. And so I'm I'm just yet patiently waiting. I was actually going to order me a new case. And I was like, no, I got like two months. You didn't facial recognition, Randall. We we buy me oh, for the facial recognition. Gosh. That's the one thing I'm not excited about, though. I know I'm going to end up using it, but I'm not excited about that. I really feel like people are watching me. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand why you got to take my thumb away. Let me use my thumb, fam. Like, I like my thumb. I like using <laughs> it. Just let me do it. Like, I just keep wanting to do Can't it. Can't you disable it and just... You can disable it. it, but you have to use the... Type in a code. And that, at this point, seems so antiquated. Yeah. I I get annoyed when I cut my phone off and turn it back on and have to put in the code. I'm just like, wait, just let me use my thumb. Like... I wonder what like because I have all my like in my like bank stuff. It's fingerprint, so now I got to scan my face to get in there. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to scan your face to get in. Oh, that's annoying. It seems weird though, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited about like the bigger screen. I heard the phone is gonna be like really dope. I love the camera on the ten. Um, 
all of my friends that have a 10, every time I get that around portrait them, mode is, is dope. Yeah. Every time I get around them, I'm like, give me the camera. Like, I just want to play around with the camera. So I'm excited about that. But honestly, this whole, and I, I've seen people use it and it is really fast and seamless and all of these things. But I just feel like my, you know, my finger was enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Like we could actually keep this home button or just, you know, keep me being able to log on with my finger and I won't have a problem at all. But who am I? I'm going to fall into it and buy it again. Why? Yeah. I don't know. It's just going to happen. I know it. <laughs> well, yeah. So y'all hashtag chat BC and um, let us know what y'all think about mimosas and orange juice. We'll be back with our main dish. All right, guys, and we are back with our main dish for this week. And so I've been going through, we actually both have been going through a lot, you know, professionally and things have been busy. I found that I have not been counting the best head space, like best space emotionally. Um, I've really just, and I think it's partially to blame of me just like not really taking the time to take care of myself. Um, but just having a lot of stuff going on, I haven't felt as like connected with like my friends and my friendships. And so recently I had just kind of like a, just a real like low moment of just not being in not necessarily super sad, but like, it was just like a weird, I don't know what's happening with my feelings. Um, and I had like, it was friends that literally just from conversations with friends and friends just kind of reaching out and checking up on me. Um, and those leading to like different kind of conversations really helped me out. Um, and so as we, we focus on and brunch culture, we've talked about all the times, like our experiences with friendships and understanding the importance of friendships. Uh, so I just kind of end up going, um, on psychology today and like reading a whole bunch of articles on friendship. And one of the articles that really stood out uh, to me and actually to both of us and we want to talk about is this article that's entitled Five Lies About Adult Friendships. Um, and I think that we, and I think we're all guilty of it. We're guilty of kind of talking about friendship from the standpoint of like this, like mastery expertise, even being open. And I feel like we're both really open about, you know, the differences and the nuance of friendship, but still there's some degree of like, kind of, I got my friends. Um, and one of the things we don't really dive really into is like, yo, it's different having friendships as an adult, as an adult. And there's like some things that we kind of do and apply to adult friendships that it's just, it's, it's very different and it's not as easy. So the five things, let's go through them. And we just kind of talk about them. The five things are the first thing is, uh, and again, these are like misconceptions about adult friendships. So one of them is that we should know how to make and keep friends as an adult. The second one is we don't have enough friends. The third one is we should have a, in quotes, best friend. Uh, and we talked about before about defining that different ways. Um, the fourth one is we should hold on to childhood friends. And the fifth one is that we are a bad friend. Um, so the article is really dope. What do you think about it, Lisa? Um, I thought it was excellent. I, I think, um, 
how she opened it was masterful. Like, what do you do when you have a problem with your friends, Mm -hmm. your close friends? Mm Because it's like, who do you go to? Mm -hmm. And then, like, if you go to somebody, then it's like, are you gossiping about them? But you have to because you have. I know for me, I'm a verbal processor. Mm -hmm. So I have to talk to somebody because I won't be able to process it. Like, as I'm talking, stuff starts connecting for me. Right. So even if I have an issue with the close friend, I have to process it. You know, I know it's some deep folks out there to be like, well, just pray about it. Listen, I'm all good for that, but I just need to talk to somebody as as well in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over the phone to process that out. And sometimes for people, for friends, that's difficult for them mm-hmm. because they're like, why are you sharing our business? Or right. why are you telling them? And it's like, Sam, if I don't talk to them, I might not talk to you again. Like <laughs> truth, <laughs> truth. <laughs> it's not like if I don't talk to somebody else and let them be a sounding board for what I'm feeling, I may never talk to you again. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I might do some damage to you, and you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> that's that's uh, numero uno. That's number one. Number two, I think you know, for friends that I've had a friend that she doesn't understand that, but she likes to write everything down. So when she's going through something, she journals. I'm mm-hmm. not like that. I, 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 that frustrates me. <laughs> so I think it's that tension of having to understand the two different personality types and how they process information is key. So I enjoyed that opening. And the second part, I know I'm taking up a lot of time here. No, go ahead. Uh, but um, the second part for me was, you know, the misconception that we know just because we've had successful friendships that we know how to make friends, yeah. especially at this age. Yeah. And because I tell you, the hardest thing for me at, after this, after college is trying to make new friends. Like yeah. all my friends that I have now, I've had. I've known them for years and the new ones that I have it's not that strong like it's cool but it ain't it ain't the same and I don't know how to get it from we cool we hang out I may share some stuff with you that might be considered deep but I still don't feel that connection like you know I'm not finding that I'm going out of my way to check on you or that I even really necessarily like you're on my mind like that. Right. For real. Right. But for and but you're cool and you're good. But at the same time, the people that I've built with that I've known, you know, since college, uh, I've known for years, you know, known since you I've known since middle school. We didn't get close to after college, but still it's just some connection. Yeah. Before you hit like thirties. Mm-hmm. Or it's just so difficult. And I just I used to, you know, I could give a lot of knowledge about friendship, but Lisa Fields struggles to make friends at this age. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's difficult. Yo, th- like truthfully, one of the things for me was reading that, reading that was almost, it was, it was freeing because it was like, yo, I'm not the only one, you know, like, and I've, I've actually 
a lot of my friends I've known beforehand, but I've made friends like since moving. One of the things that the article actually mentions is like, imagine moving to like a new state, a new place, starting a new job. You literally are starting over your home base and and kind of the the area, the state, the space in which you've (laughs) kind of almost had like you had people there with you as you were going through to make these new friends. It's completely different when you move somewhere else. And so that was for me. I've been able to like make friends here and actually make a a couple like really good friends that I've made here that I didn't know before. Um, But like even that in itself is hard and expanding this circle for me in the way that like my circle back home, is it's it's tough like especially like if if i were to compare it or see how easy easy it was to do it in like college it is such a different thing like and and i always think i feel like college was such a it was a busier time if you will like i was able to i was working like full-time hours I had classes all the time. I had, you know, involvement and other responsibilities and family and all this stuff. But somehow I was able to kind of like make friends, meet people and continue to like keep up with those friendships and like nurture those. And I'm like, how was I able to do that? And then like now it's not. But I think like the added responsibility of now you're in a professional environment. Now you actually have responsibilities professionally or like family wise, personally that is not just like, oh, all I got to do is really worry about is that like my rent and my cell phone and bill is paid. And then like I got some food. Like it's not really that. <laughs> it's like other things happening. And then like schedules often change um, based on like work demands. And it's just things are really, really different. And I think making some friends is like cool but then like having that extended network of like good people that you can trust and I think that's one of the things for me I don't really like I don't mind having uh this is one of the this articles I read too when I was reading this one it was like passive friendships I don't mind having passive friendships I think those are cool but I don't like to invest a lot in like let me make another passive friend like that to me is mm, it's kind of lame like I don't really I can just kind of see you out and just be cool but I kind of want you know a, a network of people that I can like really trust that are here and I think that's the thing like I have those people they're just not located here so I gotta like you know go to back home to Jacksonville go to Atlanta go to New York like go to all these places to kind of connect with those those closer friends and I don't really have it. And I think it's something that a lot of us experience though, but we don't really talk about because it is almost taboo, especially in the days of like Instagrams and, you know, the squad, the crew, my click, it's a bit taboo to say, Hey, I I'm struggling with making friends. Like even me saying that is like, what? Cause I, I almost feel like I'm like lame. Like, am I lame? Like, no, cause I, I know how to make friends and I got good friends. And like, even here I have like, I've made like good friendships, but like, you know, there's a, a level of like comfort that I'm used to kind of having. Yeah. I was just friends. about to say yeah, that. It's, it's like some friends feel like home. Yes. That's it. That is really <laughs> it. Like, I, I, I like that's, I, you know, am reconnecting with a close friend of mine 
And it's amazing that even through our disagreements or, you know, whatever, being in her presence still feels like home because there's so much that yeah. share and invested yeah. that I don't have with new friends that yeah. I haven't built with. I don't and have to explain like, stuff to you. You understand like this quirkiness of whatever it is that may have started when I was, you know, 20 and now I'm like 30 and you, you get, you know, like you get it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that is a level I think of comfort in a world where it's so much for me and you, we're living under the pressure of really, really, big demands yeah, and there's constant pressure and you I know I am it's like whew, where can I breathe where can I like that comfort for me home represents a place of comfort I shouldn't be chaos you know and then there's certain people apart from your physical house like you know p- people in your family or you know friends that like represent like that safe home like Huh. Yeah. Like I can breathe. I don't have to be fake. Like I don't have to put on. I don't have to do anything. I'm just gonna be me. Yeah. And it's like when you're trying to build, you gotta figure out which person you can show. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not not that we're fake, but it's like what level of me and do I need to keep you on? Exactly. So one <laughs> it's interesting you said that because so I had this instance with one of my friends here where I so when I get really comfortable, and I know you've witnessed, I don't articulate or enunciate <laughs> as good as I should. Um, and I just kind of like talk regular. You might hear some some DMs instead of them. You might hear some um, uh, donor instead of doesn't it. Like I just, that's the Southern part of me that comes out and I get really comfortable. One of my friends would actually like kind of laugh at that and like not just laugh at it like casually like oh that's so funny you say that but like kind of make it like a a point to always point it out and i just got really annoyed and i was like see this is why i this is why i need people from florida or people that i've like been friends with for a while because when i am not you know on my professional game or you know making sure that i'm articulating and enunciating i need you to just get it and maybe like make a joke about it once or kind of laugh and be like that's so funny hearing you you know say that but it's not a thing because it's like nobody cares like you know what i'm saying like just you can just do you like just be comfortable and i don't want to have to be mindful of I want to make sure that I'm speaking the King's English so that you understand <laughs> that I'm intelligent and that I actually know that Dona isn't a word. Like, no, I just want to say Dona and keep it moving. Cause that's me talking. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons I don't like to take vacations with new friends mm. because I want to relax yeah. and I can't relax <laughs> and be on for you. Right. Right. Like I just, <laughs> I want you to, if we taking a fun trip where we going like you know Atlanta to go to like a concert or event that's different but when I'm taking a relaxation type of thing I want to relax yeah yeah and I don't care like I don't want to I just want to be chill (laughs) I really do just want to be chill and it's 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 such a it's it's a difference it definitely is a difference and I think that's a part of like that struggle if you will of trying to make it happen um 
because it's like a it's not something that I don't even want to say there's like a rule book to it because maybe there is somebody's like created it. But I think there's a level of authenticity that just kind of comes naturally and it has to be like organic in order for it to really be there. Um, And I think also another thing that makes it hard is kind of the second point, though, um, which is like we don't have enough friends. I think that, too. And I'm guilty of this. And I'll I'll admit it. Like I found myself kind of doing it. meeting people that are like in a space that's here so you know the dmv it's a very brunch forward event heavy let's go out let's party let's have a good time let's do this we're doing this we're kind of on the go and that's just kind of like the culture here and if you're somebody that is new to the space um somebody that like myself i actually just recently move much closer to the city um and so it was hard like during the week for me to go out and do stuff um and hang out and and stuff like that so there was like this barrier so if you're not a person that is really able to like make those kind of connections on a regular basis you know you'll kind of go out with people and you it's like all these people got 35 you know friends that they've been friends with for the past eight years of them living here and i'm just like yeah i got like my four friends (laughs) And like, yeah, we've been friends, you know, since I moved here, but it's like four of us. (laughs) And yeah, and you'll kind of feel like I don't have enough, like I need to make more friends. And it's kind of like that pressure of having it. But then you also recognize that it is a bit challenging to make friends, too, because not only am I to me and based on, I guess, what your definition of friendship is. Not only am I making this these friends or want to make these friends as in like meeting them and like texting them and talking to them, but like I actually need to spend time with them. So I need to get to know them. So like I need to like be around them and hang around them and I'm doing that. But then I'm also trying to like do other things, too, that some are important to me to want to do and other things I absolutely have to do in order to keep making it. So, you know, it's like that. I feel like those two kind of like marrying itself. Cause it's like this pressure of not having enough friends and wanting enough friends, but then also not really being able to be open about the struggles it is to make those friends because of insert the million and 10 factors. And then also recognize too, that like, Maybe if I get over all of that, I can make these friends and have these people. But then there's a process for me to get to this level of like comfort. And I honestly, for some of them, may never get to a place where you feel like home because you're not Mm -hmm. from home. You know what I'm saying? Or we just don't have that history yet. Like me and my like really good friends. (laughs) I have, you know, I got friends that I've met. In middle school and like high school and and friends that I've like met in college and so at this point, that was more than I started college more more than ten years ago. Jesus, started college mm-hmm. like thirteen years ago. Whoa, um, but it's like I've college was so long ago that I made those friends and like we were going through. I just thought about that. It was really interesting. We had to go through this same kind of like getting to know you phase, not really sure if we're, you know, we got to build to be best of friends. But in that time, there was also overlap of other friends that I had too. And now like there's that overlap there, but my other friends aren't here, you know? And like my other friends have careers too. 
and their schedules and my schedules don't really match up anymore you know and so like we're talking we're scheduling like weekly phone conversations on sunday night or you know hey early monday i mean saturday morning i go and do this so like i'm gonna facetime you and we're just like trying to catch up that way so it's like my friends are here but like that overlap is not as easy as it was in college where i had friends that end up coming to school the school that I, the university that I went to. So there was like some overlap. And then my university was literally only two hours away from my hometown. So it's just a lot easier. And, 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 and now it's different. And there's still, we kind of all walk with this pressure that we should have enough friends or there's like, you know, I need to be comparable to this person or be able to say that I got this kind of thing and not even to brag about it, but just more to have that feeling, even if it's internal. And that's, yeah, it's hard. We got to let it go. Yeah. I, I, for, for me, I think I struggle with, like, do I have enough friends? Because one thing about me that is, I think, has been not so good of a trait is that I can be very, I can be very, like, drawbackish mm-hmm. if I have like a few people I'm close with yeah like that was my detriment with like one of the issues that happened with me and a, a best one of the best friends I had was that I put too much weight on her mm-hmm. like because I was like okay I don't if, if I got my best friend and my boyfriend I'm good like those two people <laughs> I, yeah, I'm good yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, completely it, understand. I put my weight, but then people crush under the weight of that. That's too much pressure to put on anybody. Even Absolutely. if I, if you was married, that's too much pressure to put on one person. Absolutely. People can't handle that. So that was that was uh, uh, something that I do to my detriment. But even with, like, if I have four close friends, for me, once I speak about it with my close friends, then when I have a new friend, they be like, what's going on in your life? Oh, nothing. I'm good. It's because <laughs> I've already processed it. Like, and so there's no way for me to have like a. It's hard for me to forge intimacy with somebody new because I've already processed it through old, and then you don't want to have to rehash it. Like once you process it, you're good. Going back and doing it again is such a tedious thing, especially but for I somebody that's not going that you're gonna have to explain a lot more stuff with. That's yeah. Yeah, and I feel like what's the point of that? But then I realize <laughs> that I can't make a new friend without it. So that's why it goes back to <laughs> the fact that I don't know how to make new friends. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, <laughs> but that's yeah. That um, that best friend thing too that was in the article is is really real. I think yeah. for me too cuz I had to redefine what a best friend was because I put too much weight on a best friend before. So it's like looking realistically what do I need to define best friend as and is it really necessary to have a, somebody that I title give that title to? Like is it like do I have to have that? Right. Um that's that's something I'm like you know, because I haven't really been necessarily pressing that title for a while. And it's like, I felt like, man, what what am I missing? And it's really like, man, well, you know, really technically nobody's going to be the, you what your old frame of reference was, what the best friend should be. So you need to redefine it before you even give that, you know. 
I was just about to say that because even I've had um, like two of my friends when I didn't really consider a best friend for a long time, kind of for the same reasons. Um, but it's like a best friend. And then my, my best friend that I've been best friends with for a really long time, even the way that we our relationship is, I had to be open to change. Mm-hmm. And that's which is hard. so hard. Though. That's hard. That is hard, super hard. Because because you bear this title, I have certain expectations of you. But those expectations were really based on and developed in a period of time when we had a lot more freedom in what we could do and how we did things. Now. Mm-hmm. Life's demands really don't allow for a lot of that to happen in the same way. So as a result of that, like, I can't really, I have to adjust. Like, yes, you're still my best friends, but I have to adjust the expectation of you. And you have to, uh, and you have to grieve that expectation. Oh, gosh. It's what one of my friends told me. He was like, Lisa, I think this is what you need to do. You need to grieve that that person can no longer occupy that space. And they can't occupy that space because it's an unrealistic expectation. And And that's hard. That is. And I was like, you know what I told him? I don't even know how to grieve. Like, (laughs) I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to grieve that. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Because that is extremely... We have been... We've operated in this space. We've had these expectations of each other. We have moved this way for so long (laughs) that I'm going to lose... Not lose you, because you're still here. You're still my best friend. We're still operating, and we still are best friends, but we just have to shift because of other things that's weird <laughs> like I just, yeah. yeah it's it's really it's really it's tough. like a cemented place in your life a person in your life it's just what i was explaining to my friend that i'm rebuilding with it's like you're cemented in my life in a space that people other people really can't occupy because the of the depths of things we share and things we've done as friends but then I have to grieve the fact that you can no longer occupy that because the season of life has changed. And now I'm struggling because I'm trying to get other people to help occupy that. But now it has to be a variety of people because nobody, one person can manage all of that. Exactly. It's like, I got to split your position into like four people. Exactly. And I don't even know how to do that. But, and I also got to pay for that, much like a company. I got to pay for all this too, right? Because now what I was doing, I was going to one birthday, buying one gift, you know, being on the phone with one person to work through, you know, a multitude of issues, but all filtered through the same person, one personality, one perspective, one, you know, history of experiences. Now I got to do that for four different people. So now I got to go to four birthday celebrations and four gifts and remember to text four people and add this to my calendar. So God forbid. It won't work think. because now I have a whole exactly. career and, and responsibility. <laughs> so you're not helping me. And so now I, I got deadlines. And this is why if you would just like keep it the same, stay in school forever, <laughs> don't get no job, don't get married, <laughs> don't have any children, this could work. Like, 
It could all be so. If you just kept the same energy that you had in 2008, in 2018, we would not have a problem. Just keep that same energy. Just there you go, Randall. The same, same energy. Cheat. <laughs> But it's like people evolve, their priorities yeah, change, yeah. and it's like it's not fair. But I I want to be selfish, and it's not right because love isn't selfish. But listen, I really want to be selfish because really this would help me. And it's like, man, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, it's a rough day. I wish I could call this person and vent about this because I know they would get it. Right. But I can't because they're at work. Right. And my job as an entrepreneur allows me a little bit more flexibility than this person. Right. So I'm stuck. And then the crazy thing is the other people I could call are at work too. Yeah. So I just got to sit here with my feelings. <laughs> right. And cause I can't, I struggle with detecting my feelings when it's deep. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it's hard. Cause it's like, you got to change. You got to change. And that change is hard. And it's hard. It's like saying, it's like giving somebody total access to you and then rolling it back. It's like, I feel like it's nearly impossible. Yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely an uphill battle. And it's something that (laughs) I hate. It's the part of adulting and growing up that nobody tells you. And maybe (laughs) some people are comfortable with it. I honestly look at certain people and you know, their relationships and the friendships that they speak about having. And I'm really impressed because they don't seem pressed by the change. And I'm like, but do they have it though? Cause some of this stuff be don't. scams. Yeah. Yeah. They probably don't. It's real scams. I was trying to give them the benefit of doubt since we was recording, but real dog, I don't believe they really have this stuff. Again, some of the stuff be scam. Well, some of them have to fight for it. And you know what made me come to Red Table? Jada Pickett really do be changing lives at the Red Table. Yeah. Like for real. For <laughs> yeah, real. for real. For real. <laughs> I don't agree with everything, but let me tell you, 80% of that stuff be real good. Yeah. Um, but she was she was talking about it and you know, hearing her struggle as a celebrity that's married with, you know, children, wealthy. For her to be honest about how she struggled with friendships and changing and losing and all that was really good for me. Because it's like, okay, I'm not crazy. Right. You know, honestly, you could tell yourself as a single woman, I could say, well, you know, if I was married, it wouldn't be as difficult. If I had kids, it wouldn't be as difficult. But to see other people that saying, oh, it's difficult for me. And they're married with kids is and and money is is helpful. Yeah. Because it reminds me that I'm not crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I, and then have my friends that I'm married with kids tell me they're lonely and they don't have no, they feel like they don't have no friends. And I'm just like, well, fam, you don't talk to people. Right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's it, you right? Know, it's, just, it's just, you know, it tells you that you need, we all, everybody needs somebody and everybody needing somebody doesn't mean just because you got married or you had kids that you have people right that's a different level that's a different type 
of people. Yeah, they give you different things. They provide different types of like companionship. Um, one of the things that when I was kind of like in my little funk, one of my friends mentioned to me was like, it's OK to 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 desire companionship. We all do. We actually all need it. And companionship, we shouldn't define it as like somebody that like, I'm intimate with, somebody that I'm sleeping with, or like somebody I'm in a relationship with. Like that companionship comes from having, you know, platonic friendships that you guys can just kind of be around each other and like laugh and joke and play video games or, you know, go out together, go out to a party, go out to drink, go out to a festival, go to, you know, go, do different things and have different types of like discussions and just kind of be around somebody and get that different type of energy and, and positive energy. Like you need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you absolutely need that. And you don't stop needing that just because you become an adult. You don't stop needing that because you get in a relationship or get married or have children. Like you still need that. I think some people kind of get to a place where they are comfortable accepting that they don't have it in the same way. But I think that you always desire it. Um, yeah, you always desire some sort of imagine how many people that have gotten like divorced and then they're they go back to those friendships. They go back to like wanting to be around those friendships and those people. It's like, yo, I've already I've always had this need. I just had something else to distract me from it. But now like that thing is not there. I want it or even not people that get divorced, people that honestly just like grow old together or and they were in relationships and then they start making friends like with their spouse. It's like, yo, we are also we need this. <laughs> we love each other. We like each other. We like being around each other. But fam, we need like other people too, like to to make us smile, to laugh. Like let's just do something, you know? Yeah, cuz that's that the diversity I was talking about like putting all that weight on one person crushes that and destroys the relationship. Um but yeah, so people just—that's how marriages crumble because they don't have no diversity in friendships and relationships. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> y'all be mindful. We are gonna put out <clears throat> this article on our social media, but y'all, y'all, uh, check it out. Hit us up. Let us know what you guys think about it. Uh, we will be back for our toaster roast. Well, we're back with our toast or rose. And today I'm excited to toast somebody that I'm a fan of, King James. I took my uh, fan uh, card from Cleveland to the Lakers, even though I've hated the Lakers because I don't like Kobe Bryant. But that's neither here nor there for my my, uh, toast. I want to toast him for what he's doing off the court. He is amazing. And I love him more than Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan invests in private prisons and bloop. LeBron James. <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. And they say he's mad stingy. Like, he won't even get the people on the corner. Yeah, did like, you ever... Did, I think they were on Oprah. It was him and Charles Barkley. And, like, they were, like, it was a homeless guy. Charles Barkley said he, like, pulled out a dollar and gave it to the homeless guy. And Michael Jordan got annoyed. It was just, like, he can, it's nothing wrong with him. He can get out and work just like you can. Like, don't be giving him your hard-earned money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was, all right, bro. So, yeah, he's kind of, yeah, not an all-around good guy. 
anyway, um, but so LeBron James opened up the school, I promise school, and it's just so many good things about how he holistic he approached this situation. First of all, um, the kids get uh, transportation, they get school, they it's free, they get uh, food from um, breakfast and lunch free. There's a food pantry for the families because he knows that a lot of times people struggle in school because of what's going on at home. GD and job placement for the parents. Like it's just, and yeah. they get a uh, guaranteed uh, college college tuition, tuition pay. They get African, bikes. Yeah, bikes, and it's just a holistic way to approach school. And he's just done such a phenomenal job off the court by paying for people's education and just trying to do the right thing and, you know, using his success and his money for the good of and the benefit of others. And I really shout out to uh, King James for doing the doggone thing on and off the court um, and being a, a stand-up guy, even though Donald Trump doesn't think he's smart, but boy, we can't even. I was going to say, I don't even know what those thoughts really are worth or me. So, yeah. <laughs> so shout out to LBJ. Keep doing it. We appreciate you. We're thankful for you. And hopefully this will be a model for uh, other people that are um, out there. I saw Kevin Hart said this has made him want to do more um, and other people. So, you know, hopefully people, we can't wait on them to save us. We got to save ourselves because, you know, if we wait on them, we'll be waiting forever. Absolutely. So uh, shout out to LBJ for doing it. All right. Um, so my roast, <laughs> I'm not doing a toast. I'm going to do a roast. But I got to roast my girl because I actually was really have been standing up for her. And I will still really stand went up. Hard. I did. I went really hard. And I'm still going to stand up for her talent. I'm going to stand up <laughs> because I believe that she's hilarious. And, you know, she's one of the greats and the greatest to do it. She can be in a movie and do something and not just laugh. And I think it's funny. But this roast is going to my very own homegirl, uh, Auntie Monique. Like, Monique, we got to stop. <laughs> we absolutely got to stop. So I was listening to Ricky Smiley Morning Show uh, yesterday while I was at work. And she was on. They had her on. Of course, they were talking about... Um, what's going on she has a stand-up show her and ricky were going down memory lane which i always love when they do they have like good jokes but she started talking about roseanne and she was like you know this is why she has to stand up for her friend roseanne so she talked about um when she had the monique show and she had the monique show on bt how there were so many artists and people that wouldn't go to the monique show um to like sit down and do an interview not because they didn't like monique or they didn't like the show but simply because the show was on BET and it was a considered a black quote unquote network that catered to a black audience it wasn't big enough it didn't have enough reach because of the network it was on and she called Roseanne uh, asked Roseanne to come and Roseanne told her you know sis what time you need me to be there or yeah what time do I need to be there when do I need to be there and she was there and she supported her um, and then when stuff started to kind of like fall down and people start stop really messing with her um, Roseanne was there for her too. And so she feels like in this time, she needs to be there for her friend. I'm with you. Everything that you said, you know, as to why you're supporting her, why you can vouch for Roseanne not being a racist. Apparently Roseanne was, I think shooting some show or something like that. And 
she said, you know, you guys are going to have to have me work with more black producers. Um, if not, then I'm not going to do this. And so she actually employed, got like three black people employed. Maybe it was producers or something else. Like she's talking about building the case for why she is supporting Roseanne. I was all down for it. Like, cool. I don't have a problem with you supporting Roseanne. Even when she made the initial statement, like we can't give up on Roseanne. I was like, she's probably coming from a very personal place. Which Monique, we all know she does and she's able to do. Um, and so she think that we all should be in the same journey and feeling the same way she feels because she feel that way. Cool. Many artists and creative people feel that way. That's how you're emboldened enough to put your work out there. However, when she started to kind of justify the Roseanne comment about gorillas uh, or monkeys by saying that, you know, white people, we allow white people to create this and to tell us that monkeys are ugly and bad. But if you look at that, the, 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 the female monkey and you see that woman, she holds down her family. And I mean, that monkey, she holds down her family and she's there for her. She nurtures her children. She's there for her man. And so Ricky, them are like, huh? And so they kind of make a joke about it. Like, um, yeah, you know, he was like, well, I took, you know, I, I took my kids to the zoo or I took some kids to the zoo and they saw the lady like, uh, the, I mean, the monkey, I keep saying lady, they saw the monkey like having sex with, uh, the other monkey like in front of the, the ki children and she was like screaming and you know going crazy and stuff like that so they're trying to make a joke like hey lose this point lose this point lose this point like abandoned ship and she was like yeah and she rocked his world and she knew how to do that and so we think about a monkey that like it's horrible and it's ugly we've allowed white people to tell us that but that monkey is beautiful what like <laughs> No, we are not going to do that. And then she was like, and she said that she thought that that sister was white. And so she, so she's commenting on somebody that she doesn't really know much about. She hasn't really done much work. And to kind of make that comment in a public space, and she's a public figure, that's a problem. She knows that her comments are going to hold weight. Because she's aware of racism and racist things, she should know and that's that's one of the most basic like you don't even have to be a part of the black community to know that one of the age-old comparisons of black people is that they are compared to monkeys and so you haven't experienced that you haven't just asked us to support you in protesting netflix for race racial bias and gender bias uh, you're now coming out and telling us that we have to think about the monkey differently and view the monkey as beautiful. And that is somehow why it we sh we are thinking about this whole thing with Roseanne wrong, because we have been trained to think about the monkey as ugly. But it is still a human being comparing another human being to an animal like <laughs> <laughs> Monique, what are you doing? Like it's it's those types of things that's like, yo, I'm gonna rock for you and I'm always gonna ride for you and I'm going to, you know, support your work and support you. But like it, it, this is when we I have a problem because you're trying to make something that don't make sense for me make sense for based on it making sense for you. I was really proud of like the brat because the brat was kind of like 
So you talk about everything that you said, and that's your experience with her. Most of us don't have that like intimate experience. You're talking about these back end details that people don't know, but we don't. Yeah, you're right. We don't know those things. So when I hear her make those statements, it hurts me and stings me in a different way. And because of that, I can't continue to support her because I feel like she should know better. One thing they didn't mention and that Monique is not acknowledging and talking about is that she also didn't. This wasn't just kind of like Roseanne making a statement after, you know, just kind of being traditional Roseanne that we know. <clears throat> this is Roseanne making a statement after coming out with a new, a 10th season of a show that is very laced with race, racial implications with very laced with like racial bias and insensitivity. I'll never forget the clip of, uh, I've heard like saying that like John didn't mention anything because on, I think ABC from, uh, from like seven to nine or six to nine or something like that. It's all about other people or other races, like doing the same things that we're doing. And it's nothing. No, you didn't miss nothing. Cause it's just about other people like racist problems or something like that. That basically was talking about like fresh off the boat and blackish essentially saying, you don't need to watch those shows. Cause that's just like, mm, it's just like people of color that they're doing the same thing we're doing. We're all the same. This is that she made those insensitive comments after spearheading the reboot of a show that was very insensitive and very like Trump supporter esque. which if you support him, that's fine. But let's support him with consideration for other people and the people that this administration is offending. Like we can't it doesn't exist in a vacuum. So while I'm cool with Monique being okay with Roseanne, if that's your homegirl and you want to support her, I get it. Honestly, if you came out and said something that was insensitive and, and, and people were like, Oh, you should stop being friends with Lisa. Like fam, that's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to have a conversation with Lisa. We're going to agree to disagree. We can probably even disagree publicly, but this still going to be my homie. We have history. We going to ride for each other. Like it just is what it is. Right. But I'm not going to get on nobody's other podcast or platform and be like, but understand that Lisa is okay because monkeys are beautiful. What? (laughs) They're animals. Like this is a human being calling another human being an animal. Like that, even if they were the most gorgeous things that she compared her to a swan, it is still an animal and it is done in a derogatory and offensive way. You're not going to get me to, to believe it. Monique, I'm roasting you because you got to think about what you're saying. Sweet baby, sister, honey, child, all of <laughs> lovely, dear darlings, all of those like. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. It really, yesterday was really annoying. Usually I just let, I'm like, oh, it's cool. But every time uh, Brad disagreed with her, she was like, see, sweet sugar, this is why I love you so much, sugar, because you, you are just so, honey, baby, I just love you so much. <laughs> just shut up and talk. Like, Golly. <laughs> Okay, but that's my roast. I'm done. We just want money to keep that same energy. Again, we are back at it. Keep <laughs> the same energy. That's it. Just keep the same energy, yo. That is that's really That's all we ask. That's all we ask. The that could have been our good vibe, but we going to leave y'all with a good vibe. Uh, today, our good vibe is good friends are hard to find, harder to leave, and impossible to forget. Listen, you. if you got a good friend... Rain, sleet, snow, hell or high water. Try to make it work because they hard to find out here and they hard to make. Right. So (laughs) if you can't work it out, try to work it out. 
unless it's just insane. Yeah, if they're driving you crazy, then let them go. But if they're not driving you crazy, yeah. And then circle back. Uh, (laughs) But, y'all, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. We really appreciate it. We are excited to be back with y'all. Yes. Excited to be back talking to Randall. We talked our normal three hours before we recorded this. We got some chilling, transformation, everything in between, discoveries. Y'all need to be on our, well, Never mind, y'all don't. Never, need I was gonna say yeah, no, y'all don't need to be in on those pre-brunch culture conversations <laughs> because y'all gonna hear some stuff that y'all don't need to hear that we probably don't even initially want each other to hear. So no. <laughs> yes, that's between. That's when you have good friends. That's right. when you leave with your friends. <laughs> and you it's a, a different level. So it's levels to this thing. So we appreciate y'all listening to brunch culture. Every single time we put out an episode, we do not take it for granted. If this is your first time and you're not familiar, remember, you can watch, listen to all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play. We are everywhere Everywhere. podcasts are heard. Excited about just the future. Remember, you could if you have a suggestion, if you want to share something with us, email us at brunchculturebc at gmail.com. Anything else, Randa? Oh, Twitter. On Twitter at Brunch Culture, Brunch underscore Culture, Instagram at Brunch Culture, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. And anything else, Randall? No, that's it. Yeah, just remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.